Welcome to Cannabis School. I'm your host, Jesse Angelus. And I'm Brandon Elder. And we're here to talk to you about everything pertaining to cannabis, from vape, flower, edibles, strains, and everything in between. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another Tuesday. And today we've got a special guest. Uh, we are so excited to be able to introduce him. Uh, he is the commander of cannabis. I've heard that many times uh, learning about this guy. I love that title. Brandon, who are we talking to today? Uh, we're talking to Joe Tierney, the gentleman token. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, excited to have you here. Um, all the way from D.C. Used to be in D.C. Well, yeah, I mean, more or less. When you get anywhere within, you know, uh, two hours of D.C., we call it D.C., right? So, right. It's like, yeah. We, might as well. You know, when people ask us, you know, where we're from, we, we just tell them the capital city. It's in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so we're, we're close to that. Yeah, so you went, uh, you were in printing business for like, a long time and then made the jump to cannabis what brought you from printing into into cannabis uh well the printing industry is has been going through some contractions right uh consolidations for a number of years um you know uh there were a lot of printers uh that were around during the 80s and stuff like that xerox got going so there's tons of these of these guys around um but, uh, you know, as time moves on, there's less and less demand for, you know, uh, having some physical printed piece to like hand somebody. Right. Um, so I noticed that there was, you know, every other month, uh, one of the vendors I was working with went out of service uh, and, and we got a notice that they had sold to some bigger company. And so I started looking around and going, you know, I am, you know, x years old uh i don't know if i can you know if i can literally plan to make this my entire career at this point by the time i get to like 50 or so like maybe the whole industry has shrunk to a point that it would be um unable to uh, uh to sustain me so i started looking around um at other opportunities and uh you know, it was really just cannabis. It was just cannabis for me. There was there wasn't anything else. Once legalization happened um, in Colorado, I kind of became obsessed with it, and uh, you know, becoming part of the industry, and um, you know, did everything that I could. Uh, ended up going out to Seattle to a joint rolling company to uh, uh, interview for a job. Um, yeah, he he flew me out to to test me on the floor for a couple days. Um, was that and, for Snoop Dogg or like Wiz Khalifa? <laughs> <laughs> I assure you it wasn't, it, it wasn't that glamorous, <laughs> but you know, it would have been a cool gig. You know, uh, the guy seemed kind of a, a hard case, but, uh, you know, halfway through the second day, he takes me into the back office. He throws on the reggae, uh, he fires up the dab and he gave me my, the first dab I ever had. And then he said, you're done for the day. Go have fun. So now I had to go leave. Uh, I've just had a dab. I'm driving through a city I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, my phone is dying. I actually had to pull into a gas station and be like, can I charge my phone here, please? I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. How long ago was that that you took your first dab? Oh, that was back in, uh, that would have been 2015 then. I don't know. I don't know if I was dabbing back then or not. 
I definitely was into pens, but I don't think like no, dabs till probably I was like depends. 2018, maybe. Just flower for me. Oh, yeah. flower is always my mistress. I love that. It will preferred above all. No concentrate or extract that I have found or edible or tincture lives up to flower. The experience is hands down the best. So I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, so you go from pretty much just printing paper to smoking paper. And, <laughs> but how long has, how long have you had this love affair with cannabis? Uh, you know, I started uh, smoking when I was 16. Um, I am 42 now. So it's been a career. Nice. A lifetime. Lifelong pursuit. It absolutely has. Um, and, you know, it, for me, it helped me be productive. It helped me as, as weird as it may sound, like yeah. it helped me be a cog in the machine and actually show up and, uh, you know, be a productive member of society. So that's what uh, cannabis did for me. Oh, I agree. It does the same thing for me today. Yep. I am a same. lot more productive, effective, focused with cannabis and can get a lot more stuff done. Yeah, I call productivity. Uh, to a, you know, to a bad degree, you know, like if I'm, <laughs> I'm like, great, I can get away with anything. <laughs> as long yeah. As I'm- <laughs> yeah. Cause you got shit done. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> no, exactly. So that's gotta be pretty amazing now. I mean, even though like a lot of us go, I mean, Patton Oswald has a really good skit about it. Like whatever you think is an exotic job is somebody else's pain in the ass job. Is it the same with like what you're doing now? Like there's got to be days like, dude, I can't review another strain. I just can't. Uh, yeah, 150%. Um, you know, I, I bought into the, uh, the concept that, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's not true. What happens is you love what you do, so you never stop doing it. But it's always work. And so you end up exhausting yourself uh, in the pursuit of your passion. Yeah. 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 Tell our audience a little bit about the gentleman toker, what it is that you do. Sure. Um, well, you know, the site started, uh, I was a, uh, I call it a disgruntled medical patient in Washington, DC. So after, you know, my travels to, uh, Colorado, when they started, uh, uh, legal sales, um, and then to Seattle, uh, soon after that, Washington, DC, uh, was trying to legalize cannabis uh, through a ballot initiative called Initiative 71, and it passed with 70% uh, support. Um, I was living in Virginia at the time, um, and unbeknownst to me, I had moved into this apartment where uh, it was full of people that were worked in law enforcement, three-letter agencies, military, <laughs> and um, I would Imagine go the off- clearance there. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't notice. And so I would go out on my balcony and smoke a bowl in the evenings. And this upset them. And uh, <laughs> I heard a downstairs neighbor discussing with the other neighbors about what to do about, you know, the situation that was me. And I said, you know what, it's time for me to get the hell out of here. And, uh, you know, DC was just getting ready to legalize. So uh, I am probably the shortest traveled cannabis refugee. Uh, I booked it out of Alexandria, Virginia for four miles down the road to Washington, D.C., but it was a really important border. 
to cross because now for the first time in my life, I lived in a legal city. I lived where I wouldn't have to worry about a knock on the door about cannabis that, you know, the cops were going to rush in and anything. For me, it was it was huge. And then, you know, I was watching Mayor Bowser, you know, argue with Congress as to whether whether or not to allow legalization to go through. Congress actually tried to interfere and threatened the mayor and the council with arrest should they move forward with legalization. Uh, Mayor Bowser stood her ground and told them they were going to do it anyway. And after that was birthed the what is known as the Harris Rider. Um, the Harris Rider was started by Andy Harris. Uh, he is a uh, House member um, uh, from Maryland's Eastern Shore. Uh, and he added a rider to the federal spending budget because D.C. doesn't control its own purse strings. The federal government does um, after some mismanagement in the uh, 70s. So um, he put a rider in and the rider prohibits them from spending any of their own money uh, to set up a tax and sales system uh, for retail cannabis. So, uh, you know, to their credit, D.C.'s mayor and city council decided to see it through anyway. They were tired of locking away people uh, for cannabis and they didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, I can't tell you how good that made me feel. Hey, here's somebody, a politician that's actually standing up for me and for my rights and telling them that no, you know, after years of propaganda, no, this person is not a problem. They're a productive member of society and should be treated as such. Um, and so that was a, a huge moment for me. Um, I ended up joining the DC Medical Cannabis Program because right after that, right after Initiative 71, they're like, okay, let's take advantage of all these new patients. Um, they, they changed the rules so that you, there were no qualifying conditions whatsoever. It was between you and your doctor if cannabis was right for you. So you go to the doctor, no matter what ailment. Yeah, it's medical use. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the way it should be between you and your doctor, right? If there's a condition that, because usually, you know, a lot of states, it's a very narrow, it'll be somewhere between five and, you know, a dozen uh, uh, qualifying conditions, but they eliminated that. So um, I went, I got my medical cannabis card. Um and, you know, the products that I found at the dispensary, the prices, the quality, the availability um, were all really lacking, uh, which, you know, I could compare it to my previous trips out west. And I'm like, what's going on here? The products are twice as much. They, they don't meet, uh, you know, uh, current standards for, you know, these products in the industry. And so I tried to speak to them about it. And I wrote a review on a, a site that they posted their menu called Sticky Guide um, and one of the, dis the dispensary. So back then, when you were a medical patient, you could only choose one dispensary to work with. The dispensary that I was working with took down my review from Sticky Guide, um, which I didn't appreciate. So I started GentlemanToke.com uh, to give myself a space where I could talk about their products freely without having to worry about uh, censorship. That's awesome. There's been a drastic difference in quality across the board from state to state and from even dispensary to dispensary. So I know even here in Utah, the quality of products um, has improved in the last year, but they are still super lacking. And the qualifying conditions, like you said, there's like a handful of them that they allow. And it's like a lot of standard medical programs. They are run by people who probably have never tried it. 
and really don't understand a lot of it because they are not spending the time to read the information that's already in front of them. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a, a, a lot of nepotism that goes on, um, a lot of back channeling that goes on. And, you know, if you look at like uh, comments from True Leaves uh, founder recently, he was like, nope, never smoked cannabis, wouldn't know good cannabis if it, you know, fell and hit me in the face. What I do know is it's a great investment opportunity. Yeah. Quote, but <laughs> you look it up, you'll see, I'm, I'm pretty close. That's terrible, though. But so many of them are just in in cannabis for the money. They truly, they don't use their own products. They're not connected to the plant or even the community of cannabis. So it, it is, it's truly people just in there for their own pockets and, and that, but you do see other people who are changing the game and bringing forth a better quality and trying to think of the people, patients, you and me and people listening, you know? So that's really cool. You've been doing, since 2016, you've been doing Gentleman Toker? Yeah. And, and what you just spoke on is exactly, you know, my passion and, and the way that I've tried to approach it. It's never been like, oh, I'm the gentleman and I say it's good. It's me saying, you know, here are the criteria that you should be looking for. This isn't about me and, and being like the fanciest connoisseur in the block. This is about me trying to teach everyday uh, stoners how to be a sophisticated shopper and how to be a, how to think critically about the cannabis uh, that they're going. The, the world, you know, to get the industry that we want doesn't need one gentleman. It needs, you know, five million that everybody knows what quality cannabis is. And so that's my mission is to educate as many people as possible as to what they should be looking for and what they shouldn't be looking for uh, when they're purchasing cannabis. So give us a couple of, I mean, what are some of the things that people should be looking for? Um, well, you know, I can break down the the overall philosophy um, into a single sentence, which is, you know, if it smells good to you, if, it, if you smell it and it smells appealing, um, that's probably good cannabis. Um, if you smell it and it doesn't appeal to you, it puts you off. There's something wrong with it. Uh, that's a good indicator that there's something wrong with it. You know, these noses, they do something, right? This <laughs> millennia, humans have smelled plants and gone, ah, I don't think that's any good. Um, <laughs> That's the that's the general gist of it. Um, you know, getting into specifics, you know, you're looking for something that has a really strong aroma. And as long as it appeals to you, and there's several that do, like uh, citrus scents are great. Pine scents are great. You know, I'm old school. I love those old skunks. If the entire uh, metro uh, car can smell my bag in my pocket, like that's great. Um, so loud stuff, yeah. <laughs> I feel you just had some cheetah piss and that stuff was incredibly loud. Oh yeah. Same with oh, sour yeah. diesel. Yeah, those right before we got on, we tried uh honey wine. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's... That was incredibly smooth, really, mm. really nice taste. And it's got those hints, like and like what you're talking about, like if it smells good and when you smell it, it smells like I would say that the best way to describe it is smelling honey in, in a tea. It's faint, mm -hmm. but it's just enough. Almost like how I imagine like Vikings drinking mead where like, ah, and they drink it. It's just like, it's made out of honey, right? <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And, and that is exactly what this is. This is the Viking strain 
that anybody wants to be able to use. You know, you you clean your beard and you have a toke and you're feeling great. Well, don't bogart it, man. Where <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy for any any cannabis consumer to go, that's my favorite. This is my favorite of all time. But I, I feel that my taste, I mean, it, it's like, you know, I only eat rice. I only feel like if I only can have one type of strain, it's it's good, but I, I like variety. So what's what are you smoking right now that you absolutely love? Well, uh, right this minute, I am judging samples for the National Cannabis Championship. So I don't know what I'm smoking because they're all labeled with numbers and I'm not supposed to know who grew them or oh, what they're. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. So which number has been the best experience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't talk about that. Yet. All right. All right. All right. But so, beyond that. Yeah. Outside beyond of what- that, um, you know, uh, I recently went out to California for Hall of Flowers and the Emerald Cup uh, Harvest Ball. Um, and uh, at Hall of Flowers, I found uh, a strain called Sweet Thing uh, by a company called actually they're called the Cure Company. Now that I think of it uh, in L.A. And um and, uh, you know, man, that was just a perfect sativa for me in terms of, uh, you know, what I'm looking for is something that uh, helps me focus, uh, that boosts my mood, uh, but doesn't interfere uh, with uh, thinking and doesn't put me to sleep. That's kind of my ideal criteria. So you're more uh, sativa leaning. Absolutely. Now, I mean, indicas are, are necessary. I'll stock up on sativas and then, you know, at the end. So when I first went to Denver, I, I rushed the dispensary and I'm like, give me sativas. I just want sativas. And then I, you know, drove two hours in the mountain to the resort and realized around midnight that I could not sleep. So the next day I drove two hours back and said, give me some indicas. I need some indicas. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, what's your favorite indica? Oh, favorite indica. You know, I'm a big fan of perps strains like the Mendo perps. Um, In fact, you know, that's one of the ones that uh, I don't really exactly know how to describe the smell. And I just tell every, you know, it's that perp smell. It's very unique. Very unique. Yeah. Perps have it. They have terps that just come with perps. (laughs) The terps of perps. (laughs) Yeah. It's true though. They, they speak. I love perp strains. Like my favorite strain of all time is purple swish and that those tones in there are amazing. So, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I, I've tried to get across uh, to uh, our readers over the years is, you know, strains are good in an ideal platonic sense for shopping, but they're not great at, um, you know, uh, being sure that you're going to get the exact results, you know, um, you can't really just go two different sour diesels might hit completely different. Totally. Um, different and growers. Know, yeah, exactly. It comes down to the growers and how well it was grown. Um, and the and- process. Yeah. It totally changes the entire plant. Yeah. You can get like an outdoor one that's different chemicals or whatever, even organic stuff that they put into it. And you get a really solid indoor grow that, has perfect levels of nitrogen and oxygen all of this stuff in there and they have a they're not even the same plant. i mean they are but they're not yeah and you know um if you're going from seed you know you there's definitely going to be differences uh either way but even with clones um if you're going to raise them in 
you know, different conditions, uh, you're going to end up with different results. Now, the overall terpenes that they uh, can potentially provide are going to be, you know, tied to its genetics. Um, but just because, you know, you got sour diesel uh, doesn't mean that it's going to, the way that you grow it is going to make it express, you know, every terpene in its uh, full yeah. amount. Or even the same effects that one might assume typically come from a sour diesel just because of yeah how it's bred so sure and when it's harvested matters um you know uh there's been a, a theory going around you know unfortunately you know we're, we're left with um you know people's trial and error and and then them reporting their results just because you know their cannabis cannabis research hasn't been allowed in this country for so long um but one of the theories is that, it, you know, depending on when you harvest the plant, if it's later on, you will get more indica effects uh, in darker trichomes. Yeah, letting the amber and that come into it instead of harvesting when they're still clear and white trichomes, you get a lot, a lot different effects in there. So you are also doing events for like high society in that. Um, what other events are you looking forward in 2022 for Gentleman Toker? Um, well, National Cannabis Festival is the big one um, and National Cannabis Championship. It's the first of its kind uh, here on the East Coast. Uh, maybe not the, the first weed competition, but certainly the biggest and most legitimate one um, that anybody has seen. So that's super exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to being a judge for this Um and beyond that, you know, we have, uh, we're planning a CBD uh, cocktail hour. We have some, you know, local mixologists that are going to make some really great drinks. And I'm going to work alongside them to, to uh, uh, you know, recommend some great CBD flour and, you know, with terps and stuff. Because again, we're, we're limited in how much we can do uh, in Washington, D.C. at the moment. Um, so, uh, hemp is legal. We're, we're sticking with that for right now. Uh, and you know, we're hoping that we can put on, a, you know, some more events in the future. Um, but our main focus is, uh, you know, our editorial work. Um, you know, I have, a a staff of several other, uh, cannabis enthusiasts like myself that have, um, you know, seeing that there are some issues with the industry and would like to work to try and, you know, point these issues out and see if they can't be uh, reformed. Um, so, you know, I'm certainly blessed to uh, have this great team of really passionate, insightful people. And, um, you know, some of our, our work has looked at, you know, uh, whether lab potency uh, and lab safety results are accurate and can be trusted. Um, we've looked at, uh, you know, vape carts and, and uh, you know, we've obviously everybody knew about the epidemic that happened, you know, prior to COVID. Um, but I thought it was important that we go back and look post E-Valley, the, the term that they came up for it, E-V-A-L-I, um, and see what else had been found out. And the more that we research, the more that we find that there can be a lot of issues from the hardware itself, um, regardless of, you know, what chemicals are being used to cut. Uh, the hardware itself can be problematic in, in, in a lot of uh, places. So, you know, we get into that kind of stuff. Um, and then we get into some fun stuff, too, in terms of, like, talking about, you know, these are our favorite uh, breeding projects that are happening right now in cannabis. Um, 
you know, uh, we did our research uh, and looked into and came up with the five most reputable seed banks that we could find, um, you know, evaluating customer feedback and people's reporting about, you know, whether they had issues with the customer service or whether the seeds didn't germinate or things like that. Um, you know, whenever we write something, even if it sounds like, oh, this is a simple listicle, uh, we're getting in depth to it. That's what we want to do. That's very cool. Where do we, and, and where can everybody find this info? Is it gentlemantoker.com? Yep, that's perfect. Gentlemantoker.com uh, is where the, uh, our editorial work lives. Um, you know, we've got a presence on social media as well. But you definitely- started a podcast too? Oh, right. Thanks for reminding me about that. It's been a really busy April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> that's true. I do have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, those will be in the show notes. You yeah. guys can check out the links to Gentleman Toker and his podcast in there as well. Yeah, highly recommended. Great conversations. Um, it's fantastic. Well done. Um, and it's it's the voice that we're looking for as well within the cannabis community. Um, we've said this so many times. We, we're just kind of done with the, the cannabis podcast of how do I make money and how do you grow it? Both of them are way over the heads of people who really just want to know all of these wonderful attributes that this plant can provide. And the so many strains, there's one for you, way better than any type of pharmaceutical that's going to be able to enter into your stream. And so uh, we just, I mean, it's been awesome We're being able to get to know you, learning about everything that you're doing and how passionate you are. We feel the exact same way, kindred spirits all the way. Absolutely. I love what you guys are doing. And it's, it's, you know, I think a lot of people have been trying to figure out how to reach people that are new to cannabis. um, Because that's, you know, uh, we need them on board and, and knowing what's going on, if we're going to have a really great and robust industry, we want to bring people up to speed as quickly as possible. Um, And I I just think it's fantastic that you guys have made this uh, outlet uh to reach these folks and i'm super appreciative of the opportunity to come on and chat oh for sure man we were so stoked to be able to have you on and hey brother thank you so much for being able to be here today with us brandon what are some final thoughts you got brother you know joe i truly appreciate this gentleman toker experience it's been great you know sharing this with our audience tune in Check out Joe's podcast and go to Gentleman Toker. You can find five spots in DC that are cool to check out when you're a little bit stony. And for those who haven't gone to DC, it's incredible. You should check it out. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a really great city. Uh, everybody should make it out to the capital uh, uh, at least once. It's so eclectic. And if you do come out, make sure you hit up. You know, you're here on a Sunday, and you can go to Malcolm X Park. For the uh, drum circle, it's just this amazing experience. It's been going on since the 70s. Uh, it's wow. always been cannabis friendly. These guys show up. They don't, you know, they don't ask for any money or anything. They just come up with their drums and they play and people dance all night. Like, you know, if you're in D.C., that'd be my top recommendation. Hit up the drum circle. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out. That sounds cool. All right. Well, with that, everybody, thank you again. And we're looking forward to being able to see you guys and hear from you next week. Take care.